It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. It's Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast as we get into episode four with myself, Nix and Naomi Dolan joining me. Hey, Naomi, how's your week going? Hey, Nikki, it's very good. Been freezing cold, but that's okay. Do you know what? I think everywhere right now people are struggling with the cold and as multiple parents, and I feel for those uh, going through their multiple pregnancies as well, uh, it's hard to find your way to keep warm right now. I know I sort of had this internal heater. I was okay when I was pregnant, but for me, our babies were born in 15th of June, so it was right in winter. And it was so cold getting up to 10 to them in the middle of the night. I'm struggling to think of you being cold in Brisbane because I'm in New South Wales, you're in Queensland. And yet all even on Facebook, I'm seeing everyone is freezing in Queensland. I think it's just that our houses are not set up for it. I know that that was a really big problem when we brought the babies home because you know, yeah. we've just got floorboards to the ground and trying to keep their rooms at a even heat so they wouldn't keep waking up. But on the other hand, not wanting them to get too hot all the time was really quite difficult for us. We had a struggle because we've got one that runs hot and one that runs cool. Both boys are still in the same room. And even today, I I still struggle to get the temperature of their room right because, you know, one literally will just kick off all of the blankets and the other one's huddled like cold in the corner waking up because he's so freezing. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? I think sharing a room, that's one big thing, particularly if they've got such a big difference like that. Yeah, look, we'll have to talk a little bit more about that another episode. But in the meantime, we've got a massive show coming our way this week. Up next, we'll tackle the body changes during pregnancy. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and nickyainley.com. Now, Naomi, we've been talking a little bit about uh, going through the first trimester, finding out you're pregnant. But then there's that thing that happens and suddenly your body changes and very quickly when it comes to multiples. I, yeah, I agree. I showed really early. Um, I don't know about you. Was it obvious quite quickly that you were pregnant? It was. And we were just saying before that you actually had your twins in winter, but I was lucky because I was in my first trimester when it was winter. And where I was working, the radio station I was working at the, the time, I had one of those, you know, branded jackets that was like three sizes too big for me. So I was really ah. lucky because even just before, I think we told everyone about 11 weeks and I was, I felt like I looked already six months pregnant. I looked enormous. <laughs> and I was luckily that like this big jacket sort of hid everything for a while. That's interesting because we very coincidentally, um, I would have had to have told my work a lot earlier. I actually didn't tell my work until I was 15 weeks pregnant. Yeah. But that's only because we had the big Brisbane floods and oh, our office gosh. was closed. Oh, my God. So it worked in your favour. So it did. But, it well, actually, that's a, a whole other story. But because the office closed... Um, I ended up having to set an office up on our side of town and people came to here to work and they were my friends. So oh. I had told them that I was pregnant, but I actually hadn't officially told my work and my boss and everything that I was pregnant. Yeah, my goodness. I think you do expand a lot quicker. Like I remember just feeling that that bloated look, but certainly by 11, 12 weeks, I felt like I must have looked six months pregnant and it just got worse from there. Um, it was just a normal and, and I had this... I got those, um, the itchy stretchiness that you can get, that my skin was expanding Uh. so quickly. It just started getting this almighty itchiness to it and it was just horrific. 
I didn't have that. Um, I was I was also very lucky. I didn't get any stretch marks though, so I assume that that's probably why um, my skin is slightly elastic. I mean, I lathered on that cream though. I tell you, which cream did you use? Uh, just the bio oil and the bio mm. the cocoa butter the. Palmer's cocoa butter or something. See, I think the mistake that I made is I don't think I started using that early enough. I didn't use it until basically the end of my second trimester, in which case I was already enormous and I already Ah. had that irritation in the skin. But I just remember, and again, it was one of those things I just didn't expect, lying in the cold bath at that time, because it was about November, December, just tears streaming down my face thinking this irritation is never ever going to go away it was crippling that's awful mine was oh gosh no it was, and str- it, it was just so that, itchy did you have that uh pups or something p-u-p-p-s yeah i think that's what it was but i don't think i really did much about it because you know it's one of those things you just sort of sorry my son's coughing behind me the joys of being a twin parent um but yeah it was just one of those things that with with so many changes going on in my body I just kind of went oh yeah it'll go away and I just kind of battled through it I don't think that was the right thing to do absolutely not was it like were you scratching at it did you have to Oh, cut your nails yeah and, I, and I had to do everything not to to scratch it or make it worse because that would just irritate it and surprisingly enough it actually went on for probably a good six to eight weeks after I delivered the boy so it was something that obviously took a while to go away and even now like if I'm really hot around my belly area or something I'll still get a little bit itchy I unfortunately unlike you Amy, do have stretch marks <laughs> People hate me when they say when they find out that I didn't. I say go you. I think that's awesome. (laughs) I did deliver at thirty four weeks though, so it would be interesting to see what happened if I went longer. Yeah, that would have been interesting. But I I guess the thing is, you were obviously very on top of it straight away, and I wasn't. So that's a good tip for anyone going through their pregnancy. If you just found out that you're pregnant with multiples, maybe get onto those the the oils and the cream early. Yeah, I I mean they do say it's genetic, but I also it has to be the stuff that you put on it as well. Mm. I think that. You know, the, the stretchiness, the skin just stretches so much that, I mean, you're growing two or three or four babies, for goodness sake. Know. You know, of course your skin's going to stretch. But, yeah, I'm, I'm quite grateful that I didn't. Yours sounds really painful. It, yeah, it was more irritating than anything else. And, you know, at that point re- when it got really, really bad, which was in the last couple of weeks, um, I delivered it, th- no, 34 and a half. Yeah, I was just, it was just that you're, you're on edge anyway. And then that's yeah. that one little irritating thing that just pushes you over the edge to that point of tears, just going, I'm over this. I just want this over. <laughs> did it affect what clothing you wore? Like, could you, yeah. did you, there's certain clothing that irritated you? You could only wear soft stuff or. Yeah, and for me, it was stuff? predominantly on the bottom half of my belly. So the top half of my pregnancy belly was fine, but the underneath was where most of the irritation was. Um, so for the last couple of weeks, I ended up having to just wear really loose dresses. Yeah, I see. I couldn't have done that because it was winter, it was freezing. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. So how did you keep warm? What was the biggest struggle for you? Well, I mean, I just wore yoga pants um, and had to just fold them down under my bump. And then I just wore um, the biggest T-shirts I could find and, and singlets, really loose, stretchy singlets underneath. And I just layered. Oh, and then a fleecy jacket and everything like that. But, um, yeah, if I'd had something like that, though, I would have really struggled because I had to wear lots of clothes. Yeah. Did you ever go out and buy anything specific for your pregnancy, any item of clothing? Because, like you said, I... 
Now I come to think about it, I was still just wearing like normal leggings that I already had, but I just basically wore them around my butt and just yeah. like a really oversized T-shirt or I, I didn't really buy anything like any maternity wear because I just knew I'd grow out of everything so quickly. I did once. Um, I needed something to wear to a meeting at work and I thought, oh, I don't really have anything I'm going to get away with here. So I went in and I just went to Kmart. Um, that was just the closest shop to me and I needed to get it that up that evening for my meeting the next day. And they just had this massive sale on. And I picked up, I'll never forget this, I got 24 maternity items for $72. Wow. That's amazing. I, pay, I paid like a dollar for this maternity T-shirt. That's crazy because when I went to look at items of clothing, they were so expensive. I was just like, I think I ended up buying just, you know, size 20 T-shirts from Kmart instead. Yeah. I, it, I, it must have just been a coincidence that I happened to walk in and I just thought, right. And so I just bought everything and I ended mm. up getting like six or seven work shirts and a couple pairs of work pants. And that really just got me through. I just wore the same things every other, you know, each yeah. day. <laughs> every day just recycled. Yeah. I felt like I wore the same thing. Well, it's funny you should mention that with picking a certain item of clothing because uh, in the middle of my pregnancy, I actually got nominated for a radio award. Um, oh, that would have been so hard well, because you had to find something nice to wear. That's exactly right. Not only that, but this is like the industry's night of nights, like kind of like the the arias for radio. So everybody was going for this massive, you know, piss up basically. And here am I going, why is the one year that I'm nominated, <laughs> the one year that I'm going, the one year I'm pregnant with twins and I'm not drinking and I can't find anything good to wear. So I ended up, again, getting just like a flowy dress that was like boob tube with like straps and then just fell off my bump and it was the only thing I could find and again it wasn't from a maternity shop it was just something that was a lot bigger size because I don't know about you but my boobs were enormous that was the best thing about twin pregnancy (laughs) they looked fantastic Oh, look, I'll be honest, I'm not very well endowed. So for me to have some boobs, I just thought they were the best thing. You're flaunting them. (laughs) I was. I was like, oh, I've got boobs. Look at them. They look great. And I have to say, look, just for those those mums that might be worrying about this, I breastfed for 18 months and they're still, they're okay. I mean, I'm not saying they're amazing, but they're not what I expected yeah. them to end up being. They're not, same with mine. Mine are nowhere near as bad as I thought that they would, like, you know, hearing all the stories of like, oh, you know, they'll end up absolutely terrible. They'll be down around your belly. They're not. They're fine. <laughs> yeah. That's the same here. I heard the same things and I was really, I was actually quite worried about that. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I mean, they're small again, but that's all right. <laughs> but they're still there and they're still sitting up. <laughs> that's right. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naya. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. Did you overall feel that you enjoyed or struggled with your pregnancy body? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I think, though, that's because we had been through so much to get to that point. Yeah. And then Um, if you didn't have a particularly um, traumatic incident with health, like you were pretty good with your health, so that would have made it an enjoyable process to go through. It did. Um, look, I mean, we did. We had a major scare at 21 weeks and we thought we were going to lose them. So, but in terms of I wasn't, I wasn't sick, I wasn't um, mm. itchy, I wasn't stretched, you know, I just, uh, I, I was tired. I was very tired. 
but the only thing that I really struggled with was I got um, that SPD, the symphysis pubis dysfunction, oh. where your pelvis cracks and oh, hurts. Oh, wow. And that was really painful. So but what it was, didn't, yeah, when did that happen and, and what did you go through uh, for that? Gosh, um, I must have been... I, uh, look, I must have been probably at least five or six months. I mean, I had a well well and truly big belly by that stage. Um, the biggest thing, it was rolling over in bed. Mm. Um, I physically couldn't. I slept with a pillow between my knees and I did all of that kind of stuff. But for me, if I had to, well, you have to get up and wee so many times as it is. If I wanted to roll over, I would get up. We have an ensuite, luckily. Mm. I would get up go to the bathroom, do a wee, and then I'd come back, tap Dave on the shoulder and get him to roll over so I could then sleep on his side of the bed on on the other side. Oh, wow. I couldn't roll over. The pain in my pelvis was just excruciating. Um, I couldn't go from lying on one side to turning over. I couldn't spread my legs to move, to do the whole big body roll that you need to do. And how far along were you when you developed this? Um, probably five months, I suppose. So you had quite a lot of it. Yeah, I did. I did. And nighttime was definitely the worst. Um, and the biggest tip that the physio, I, I went for a, 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 it was actually through the hospital. I was seeing a um, postnatal physio, oh, sorry, prenatal physio. Mm. And it was brilliant. Um, it was to sit on a plastic bag in the car because it's the same movement, spreading your legs to get out of the car seat. Oh, wow. Really? So it was the opening of my legs. Oh. It was uh, the, uh, the, of your pubic bone. Yeah, right. And doing that hip movement was the big problem. Oh. Um, so I sat on a plastic bag, like a thick plastic bag, not just so a cold plastic bag. So you could spin yourself, basically. So you just spin. Wow. And it didn't hurt at all. And it was just the best tip ever. Oh, my goodness. Um, there you go. I yeah. mean, who would have thought that getting out of the car would be one of your biggest struggles for a pregnancy? I bet you never thought that. No, I literally, I had to lift my leg up. Um, so I had, I would put my hands under my knee, basically, yeah. under my thigh and lift my leg up to put it out so the pressure wasn't on moving my hips. Um, and then she told me about the plastic bag trick and that worked so well. We've only got cloth seats. I think if you've got leather seats in your car, it might be a bit easier to slide. Mm. Yeah, but that's a good um, tip with had, cloth. Yeah, we only had cloth seats, so we couldn't turn. And the other thing that really helped me was I did um, aqua physio. Yeah, yeah. Well, I found that, that just brilliant. being in the water with any in any situation, obviously taking that pressure off your body and putting, you know, being in the water was just a lifesaver. See, I'm not a swimmer. I hate the water. I, when I went to the – it was at the hospital, actually. It was run through the hospital – through their physio department. When I went to the classes, I, it was just amazing to oh. be in there. <laughs> and good for you as well. Yes, That's exactly. a good tip for everybody. I just found yeah. because my pregnancy, I was, I was getting bigger and bigger as it got hotter and hotter and I just found any way I could get into water, relieve the pressure and just cool down was what I needed. Yeah. See, that's the difference. See, look, this is our differences, Nick. We are just They're so polar opposite. <laughs> Summer, winter, you know, everything. What about you? What was your biggest struggle physically during your pregnancy? I, I, I honestly think that just the size really was just such a hurdle for me. I just found things like, because working in radio, I was working behind a, like a, a desk where I had to push buttons and pull levers up and down. And I, I got to a point where, I, you know, every, I became the laughing stock of my workplace, but everyone was like, you can't even reach anything anymore. I just 
found it so I found those little things so difficult of just physically being able to do stuff or the the lack of yeah. ability to to do stuff and I'm I'm a person who's always worked really quickly and like lived a fast-paced life so you know taking so much time to obviously not to the extent for you but just even getting in and out of vehicles and and stuff like that was just so challenging and I you know your body just grows so quickly with multiples it was just quite an an amazing thing to go through but quite alarming in a way. Did you get to the point where you couldn't drive because your belly didn't fit behind the wheel? Yeah yeah I literally felt like I I think I was only I I finished work um, just before the week before Christmas and it was on Boxing Day that I went into labour and then ended up in hospital for quite a few weeks before we delivered the boys but it was that week before you know Chris had started having to drive me even to work at sort of like five o'clock in the morning because I just couldn't drive anymore. I was literally too big. I remember walking around the supermarket and people were like, like just complete strangers, like you're enormous. And I was like, I don't even know you. <laughs> They're like, are and you, you know sure what? you're not having twins? I'm like, no, I am. <laughs> I am having twins. <laughs> you don't There's know me. Camp. There is two camps for that because people will say, oh, you're enormous. And then you say, oh, you're having twins. Or if people know you're having twins and they say, oh, you're not that large. Yeah, I know. And it's bizarre, isn't it? It's like people's perceptions. And people think that they – and I want to talk more about this next week because I know it's something that gets every single twin or multiple mothers back up is how invested and how vocal people can get when it's none of their business. (laughs) Oh, I think it's hilarious. I didn't mind, but again – I mean, we'll talk about this next week, but I didn't mind as much. I think it's because I wanted this pregnancy yeah. just so badly. Well, we'll come back to that one when it comes to comments people have made. Uh, but we are talking all things about your body changing. And Naomi, I'd love to hear from you next about whether you actually stayed fit or how you stayed fit during your multiples pregnancy. It's up next. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. And look, we've been talking about dealing with the physical changes, Naomi, but did you, how did you go fitness wise? I'm going to be really honest here. I have never been to a gym class in my life. I am not a person that has ever been a runner, a jogger, uh, anything. I'm not a swimmer. And that just continued through my pregnancy. Really? Yeah. I just, I, I, I went to um, the aqua physio classes. Yeah, um, and I did do a. But you did uh, those because of the pregnancy. reason. You didn't do them because yes. you wanted to stay fit. No, and I did a pregnancy Pilates class. Yep. Um, and it actually turned out that the one of the instructors was pregnant with twins, and she's now one of really good friends of mine. Oh, that's sweet! You know, made a yes. nice friend out of it. <laughs> I did. So you really just didn't get involved in anything because I see all these posts. See, here's the thing: I see a lot of posts, and you know, we all live this this social media life now of these people working out in gyms, doing often quite heavy workouts, heavily pregnant with one or multiples at times, and it just blows my mind. Well, it scares me. But that's probably because I'm not an exercise person and I'm sure that they it's not something they took up once they found out they were pregnant. But I agree. I've seen people in there that have barely got a bump because their abdominal muscles are so amazing. I would love yeah. to hear from some people like that though because I, I didn't and I'll get to that in a second. But I've heard that it's not necessarily good to be super, super fit and toned, um, particularly if you end up having to have like a Caesar or something like that. Um, I, I don't know all the facts. I'd love to find out more information about it. But, or if anybody themselves was super fit, you know, going through their pregnancy, how did it go? Um, because I have heard that there are muscular difficulties. 
Yeah, no, that'd be really interesting. Head to our Facebook page, Talking Twins and More, a multiverse podcast, and let us know, were you a super fit person? And then fell pregnant with multiples. And what did you do? For me, I wanted to stay fit. Um, sorry, I'm having my kids having a bad day today when we're recording this, so I should just say apologise if you can hear him in the background. Um, I wanted to stay fit during pregnancy. I wasn't super fit. I was actually trying to get fitter as I fell pregnant with the boys, which was all it all kind of happened at the same time. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to be one of those people who doesn't go extreme, but I'm going to try and keep fit, like going to the treadmill or do a class or something like that as much as I can. But because I had so many health issues in the first three months, I was so sick. Like I was literally had no energy. I couldn't make myself go. And then by the time I got to the second trimester, um, my body basically wasn't coping and the obstetrician said to me, you, you can't exercise. Like you can do one thing a day is what they told me. You can do one thing a day that's either going to work or it's like going to the gym for an hour. So he's like, if you're going to keep working throughout your pregnancy, that's all you can do because your body just isn't coping, which was really interesting. Wow. Um, so any ideas I'd had of trying to keep, um, you know, cardiovascularly fit and going for walks and stuff like that just – literally went out the door I was just suffering so much from exhaustion I couldn't get nutrition into me and I was just so run down and my body wasn't coping that yeah the obstetrician was like no nah, you can't do anything that's interesting I got told I wasn't allowed to vacuum or go shopping I didn't do either of them but I got to the point probably about five six months where I just wanted to be able to go and do stuff because I was so tired all the time I missed having energy yeah I, I do remember that um, I was 21 weeks and we had a really big scare and he just said, that is it. No yeah. vacuuming, no shopping, no anything. Yeah. And I was like, okay. I wonder if that's a more common thing with multiples as well, that you can't, you know, push through. Because certainly we, we got told, as I'm sure most people with multiples did, you know, you're at high risk pregnancy flag, blah, 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 blah. And, and so then you don't end up being able to do as much. All right. Well, we would love to hear how you managed to stay fit during your pregnancy. You can head to Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast on Facebook, and let us know how you kept fit during your pregnancy. And stay with us because up next we're going to find out what our wins and losses are of this week. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and nickyainley.com. Now, Naomi, we love this time of the week where we find out what's gone well for you and what's been a struggle. Uh, let's kick off with, well, let's start with the losses so we can go out on a high. What was your fail this week? I think we should actually probably start with our weekly win because my loss, it very much relates to my weekly win. My win is that school's gone back and I love my children dearly and it, <laughs> I went through a lot to have them. It cost me a lot of money. It cost me a lot of emotional time, but I was so glad for them to go back to school. Oh. Um, two weeks was great, but they're back at school and that I'm, I'm, it's nothing to do with me, but I'm counting that as my win. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's plenty of multiple parents right now that are just high-fiving you and saying, thank goodness. And that's the thing. It's not to be ashamed of. You love your kids, but it's hard work. I have to tell you a really funny story. She's going to kill me because I think she listens to this. A girlfriend of mine, she's got triplets and um, her son actually said to her, because she'd obviously had said to him that morning um, when he picked her up, he said, mum, did you really do that Toyota, oh, what a feeling, jump in the uh, car park like you said you were going to? <laughs> oh, that is so good. 
And she said, yes, son, I did. And he was like, oh, that's so embarrassing. (laughs) It made me laugh because I I totally got what she was saying. And she'll say, you know what, one day you'll be a parent and you'll get why I needed to do that leap of happiness. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, before we get on to my weekly fail, because it's quite embarrassing, let's hear your weekly win, Nick. Well, my weekly win and my weekly fail are also in tow with each other. But we've um, we've been off-site. We're actually recording this off-site today. Um, but we've been down in Sydney because I've had a whole range of health issues that we'll get to a little bit later. Um, but one of my weekly wins was the fact that I decided to take the boys out to the zoo. Ah. <laughs> so let's just say the win was we're all still in one piece. Oh, dear. <laughs> we survived. We are still all together. Every child still has limbs. But, uh, yeah, the weekly fail, let's just say it's in time with that as well. Oh, I'm looking forward to hearing about that. Well, before we get into your fail, Nick, let me tell you about my fail because my fail is pretty epic. Okay. Um, so, first day back at school, everything going well? Nope. Naomi was very hungover. So we had my, one of my best friends christening on Sunday, well, her daughter's christening, and, and I just had a couple too many champagnes. Oh, no. And as you do, I didn't eat all day. Oh, I had no. half a gherkin. I feel really bad because she, I'm vegetarian and she actually made a special vegetarian meal to make sure I had something to eat. And I just didn't eat. I was too busy socialising, having a great time. Um, Dave would come and pick the kids up to take them home. And I just enjoyed, after having them at home for two weeks, I just enjoyed a couple too many champagnes and, (laughs) yeah, ended up having to leave the car there. And the next morning we get ready and we go downstairs and I'm like, oh, that's right, there's no car. Let's ride our bikes, kids. (laughs) And here's me. It was the coldest morning ever. And here's us. Riding our bikes to school, me going, oh, my gosh, this is awful. I'm freezing. I'm not coping. My head hurts. Trying to go, hey, Oliver, quick, no, stop. There's a car coming. Alexa, stop. Trying to keep my wits about me to get the kids to school safely. Very hungover and just thinking, oh, my gosh, I got to school. It was freezing. And a couple of the mums came in and here was me huddled in a corner in the sun trying to get warm and just not cope with life. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but that is you we've heard of the walk of shame after a big oh, night totally. out. That is the ultimate walk of shame. Awful. Awful. And I just didn't even think about it. I just I think I just needed to let off a bit of steam after having the kids yeah. at home for two weeks. Yeah. And I just didn't eat and it was just so silly. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. And you know what? There is nothing worse. I guess the only saving grace in that was it was day one back at school. So while the walk of shame was horrendous, at least you had the rest of the day or bulk of it without the kids. I did, but I'm a little bit hard on myself. If I'm hungover, I do feel that it's my own fault. Yeah. So I just came back. I'd also, because I have twinfo.com.au, You're I hadn't done much work over <laughs> the last two weeks because the kids had been home. So I had a really busy day. Now I so know I why like, you cancelled no. our meeting. <laughs> yes. That's correct. Oh, well, you know what? You won't do that anytime soon again. I won't. Not for a while. You'll have to so tell, tell the kids. your fail. Or just before, you'll have to keep that one for the kids' 18th. Oh, no. They'll be like, oh, mum. 
<laughs> this is what how mum coped with having you guys. <laughs> uh, look, my fail was uh, not quite as entertaining, but we did go to the zoo. It was the one thing that I wanted to do with the kids while I was down in Sydney. And my son, well, one of my sons is obsessed with rhinos at the moment. He is big into rhinos. This is the same son that's struggling with global developmental delay. So big changes don't work well for him. So I was like, this is going to be fantastic. We're going to go to the zoo. I know what Sydney Zoo is like. And they've got rhinos there. They've got elephants and giraffes for Harry. It'll be fantastic. Uh, We got there and half of the zoo is under construction at the moment. Oh, no. Problem is there's absolutely no rhinos. So I've pumped pumped this kid up for dead set two, three days going, we're going to go see the rhino. He's got postcards of rhinos. That's how much he loves them. And he's holding onto his postcard going, yeah, we're going to go see the rhino. I got the map of the zoo and I'm looking and I'm like, okay, we've got a problem. There's no rhinos here. Oh, no. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? And then I'm, I'm trying to do, you know, the backtracking of like, um, the rhino's asleep at the moment, baby. Like, we'll go see the rhino later. He's asleep or he's moved or he's hiding. No, he was not having a bar of it. I could see the tantrum just starting to build inside of him if we didn't see this rhino. And at the last minute, we're walking around all these enclosures and we got to the hippo. And he's like, where's the rhino? I said, oh, here's the rhino. He goes, no, there's no horn. I said, oh, his horn's fallen off. Oh, my goodness, you didn't. I did. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And he's looked at me (gasps) and he's gone, really? And I was like, oh, my God, he's going to buy it. I went, yeah, baby, this is a rhino, but his horn's just fallen off at the moment. It's going to grow back later. Oh, my, I can't believe you did that. That is that is part awesome and part insane, it's but terrible. you pulled it off. And you know what? The lady next to me, this is what's worse, the lady next to me was with her grandchild and she said, she looked at me and she went, I thought this was a hippo. Oh, no. And oh. I turned around and said to her, it is, but my son wants a rhino. Her face was so confused. I'm like, come on, woman, you're an adult. Clearly it's hippo. So now we have in our house a special breed of rhinos, which are hippo rhinos, which are hornless rhinoceros. Oh, my gosh. Oh, (laughs) that is just the perfect solution. But you know what? He bought it and he smiled and he walked away and he was quite content. He even went home and on FaceTime told Dad, Daddy, I saw a hornless rhinoceros today caught a hippo. And do you know what? The things that we have to do, and sometimes when we do have these extra challenges in parenting our multiples, such as yourself with the global development delay, you have to do things yep, like that. Exactly. And you'll have parents out there that are rolling their eyes thinking, oh, how dare she? You lied but honestly, to your kid. They haven't lived your life. So you just need to do what you need to do. Yeah, and you know what? When we talk about the multiples thing, I actually had to make sure my mum was with me at the time. I had to make sure that mum had Harry far enough away that Harry didn't hear it because Harry would have come around and said, no, mummy, it's a hippo. Um, ah. But he would have ruined Hunter's day because he's got, doesn't have, you know, he's got that little bit of, of further understanding than Hunter does at the moment. But being the same age, they're both so similar. So, you know, those are the struggles that you don't necessarily see and unless you've got multiples and X, Y, Z. And so, yeah, we, we had to, I had to come up with this on the spot thing. But you know what? It got us through our potential meltdown. He was satisfied and we all had, you know, the rest of the day. And as I said, we survived. Do you know what? I don't think that's a fail. I think that is your weekly win. 
Yeah, I think it's both, isn't it? <laughs> I do. I honestly, I think that that is like your weekly win. That's that's epic. Oh. <laughs> As my eight-year-old boy is now saying every time, and now I've started saying everything is epic. Well, there you go. You're really hip and cool now. <laughs> Mm. Oh, I tell you what, I've had Apparently. a lot of laughs today, even though I do apologise, my son's been in and out of here in hysterics. The reason for that is his global developmental delay. We want to talk more about that and going through NDIS. Can't wait to chat next week. Don't forget to head to our Facebook page, give it a like and a share, Talking Twins and More, a Multiple Births podcast. And don't forget, you can now grab these podcasts on Apple Podcasts. So if you download the Apple, you've got it on your phone, simply search for Tur- Talking Twins and More. And don't forget to give it a star rating as well. We'll catch you next week. Bye. It's Talking Twins and more with Nix and Naomi thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au 